Jackson Miami going for the three right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Bang! Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! G'day everyone, just a couple of hoopers taking some sips. We're not hoopers, we're not ballers, we're anything. We're just a couple of blokes named Matt, but I'm... NBA G Wiz, that is SC Matrix, and we are part of the Insight NBA team here at the Insight Podcast Network. Tonight, we're talking about, well, today, this could be the middle of the morning for you or in the afternoon, wherever you're listening or watching. We thought we'd have a bit of a chat about slippers, not exactly sleepers, but guys have slipped back in your mock drafts or ADP data that we've seen recently. Also, a whole bunch of guys who are going undrafted that we think warrant a little bit more attention coming up to the month in the preseason for the NBA draft. Just guys who are dropping back. We talk about Maddie in drafts like, oh, they just fell to me. These are the guys, the slippers. These are the guys who are slipping through some cracks, and you'll be able to extract a little bit more value out of some of the guys that we're going to be talking about uh, in this show. Maddie, how you doing, mate? Mate, I'm so cooked in this episode. I thought we were talking about slippers. So I'd, I'd done a whole PowerPoint presentation about, you know, your grandpa's slippers. You know, those those little fluffy ones with the white over the top. Um, the Uggs, yeah, yeah the, the traditional Uggs, the slip-ons to go yeah. in and get the mail from the front yard. Yeah, yep, that's, yep. that's what I was talking, talking about. So I'm, I'm going. See ya. All right. Well, I'm going to have to fill at least 40 minutes of uh, bullshit about uh, the Golden Slipper. It's an excellent horse race. You should get into that one here in Australia. <laughs> Um, but you should also get into our sponsors, Astute Newstead. Matty, I know that you dealt with our mate Ryan. Uh, nothing but good things to say, mate. Yeah, look, he's he's your go-to man uh, for all things finance, from home loans to business loans to personal loans. I've got some mates getting some business loans through him at the moment, um, even if you need a car loan. Um, look, he does an obligation-free consult. He doesn't put any pressure on you. Um, just have a chat to him about your current loans. Maybe he can do some consolidation for you. Um, just let them know that the Insight Boys sent you. Uh, you can jump into our DMs or simply send Ryan a message on Instagram, Graham, at Ryan Astute Newstead, or email him at Ryan H at we Egan Health Wealth, Egan Wealth, E G A N W E A L T H dot com. Yeah, absolutely. Say that we sent you his way. And we're also brought to you by our good friends at Fantasy Scores. Make sure you use promo code, just like with Ryan. Insight. Use Insight on Fantasy Scores to get integration into your Yahoo Fantasy Network, and you can get the absolute maximization out of your NBA draft roster. For the NBA fantasy season, slippers. Maddie, we're breaking this down into three tiers. We've got guys who've gone, basically, they're slipping down inside the top 50. We've got a 50 to 100 bracket, and we've got a guys from 100 downwards that we're thinking about. We're going to do two each. Who's your first one off the rank, mate? Mate, De'Aaron Fox. Um, his current Ooh. ADP is 39.5. Um, he's just a guy that I'm really happy to take in that range. I don't think there's a lot of risk um, taking Fox in this range. Um, I just think that he's a guy that can perform. I think he's in an up-and-coming team there. Um, doesn't cost you anywhere, and he's going to be getting a lot of minutes. Sacramento keeps getting better. 
Uh, yeah, I like De'Aaron Fox, and I'm comfortable taking him. I was comfortable taking him. I've taken him as early as 32 in other drafts, but I just mm-hmm. I tried to do something different in the last draft, and then suddenly he's fallen to me at 46 and 47. Um, I don't really understand why he's a guy that I would love to have on my team. Yeah, he's a guy that I traded for last year. I, I'm, I look, I've been high on De'Aaron Fox for a long time. The one thing that we were talking about before as well, He's a guy that people see very highly for certain reasons because he returns you a lot across the board. The only real thing that he kind of can negate you on, especially on the volume that he works, is on his free throw percentage. So currently, like fantasy scores, for example, have him ranked as the 43rd ranked player. But that's because his free throw percentage isn't that great. You take a guy like him, and if you're punting free throw percentage and turnovers – he is a guy who just shoots up straight away. So I've just taken those off on the app right now, and he already goes up six spots just with those two off the way. So he already goes into 37. So he's starting to find a bit of value there, but he is dropping. So if you want to build a team around that kind of guy, Maddie, you've got to take guys that fit your build probably a little bit earlier, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I look, his free throw percentage isn't even that bad. It's at 78% and really doesn't move the needle for him. It's just quite often when you talk about your premier guys, they're in and around those late 80s. He's not going to kill you in your free throw percentage. You've just got to make sure that you've got, you know, one of those guys that get to the line a lot and um, and still hit that, you know, late 80s, I think. Um, he's only 25 years old, like, on an on a team that I don't think I ever see anybody getting rested on, um, until that they actually make some noise, in like I know that they finished what third last year. Um, I just don't really see them resting anyone. I think that they they're just going to try and punch and um, and keep going. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes. He's a gun. Yeah, he's an absolute gun. Look, I traded for him last year. That was the one thing just because based on the volume for me that was always a little bit iffy on. But if you're punting free throw percentage and you're not really looking to be like for turnovers, for example, for me, I've just put him into the fantasy scores. He's shot up to 27th value of the season. So this is where if you find the right build with a guy like him, he is an absolute cracker to get. My first one is pretty much in the same way. It's just one of the guys that people are off because he says some dumb shit. And that's kind of a theme for a few guys tonight. Carl Anthony Towns has slipped currently ADP on ESPN of 39. Yahoo is 27 and Fantrax is 21. So either everyone who sees the potential in Carl Anthony Towns is living over and doing ADP mock drafts over on Fantrax yeah. or everyone on ESPN has no fucking clue or Yahoo's got it right. There's like a, there's a 21, a 27 and a 39. Either way, last year he finishes the 28th pick. So Yahoo would probably have him, Maddie, you'd say about normal. Um, this is a guy, though, who's finished ninth the two seasons previously. So in the 2021 and the 21-22 season, hashtag basketball in cat leagues had him as a top 10 player. Rudy Gobert cooked that. People are not high on him last year. He is going at stupid places in drafts, Matty. I think that is a guy who has slipped out of favoritism in the top 20. And if he falls to you at 25, 26, 27, 28, you could be laughing, especially if he gets a trade. Yeah, and you know everybody gets super high on. Like I just, I just finished the Warriors podcast, so we were talking about whether we would take Steph at seventh or tenth. That's not really going to move the needle. But taking a guy with, I'm going to go as far to say top five 
potential. Like he went, he was the consensus number five last year. And somebody getting somebody like that in your late twenties is is phenomenal. He's going late, and I understand why he's going later. He only played twenty nine games last year, but he was still good in those games, or still fantasy good. Like. People get a bit skewed, and especially casual guys. Like, I don't actually care what Minnesota do with their life, but yep. I care about him scoring 25 assists and, you know, going to get those eight rebounds he was getting. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I think it's pretty much a, like, you know, mopey, mopey cat, mopey cat. You know, clearly mopey cat. Just the guys like, oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, my basketball team was, like, amazing last season. We were going to win it all. You know, like, just some delusional bullshit about, you know, their efforts. That kind of has thrown some people on him as well, just thinking he's a bit of a jerk um, and a bit of yeah. a git. That's actually really good for you because if you, like, just separate yourself from how you feel about a basketball player, which you have probably no right to do. Like, I don't know these guys apart from – I can say some things about Kevin Porter Jr. as of today that I don't exactly align with. He's off my draft board real quick. But these guys, they're saying their thing and they all have these egos and their attitudes and that's how they feel and that's what's in their camps telling them. Just because he talks some shit on a podcast, we pretty much do the same thing. But I'm not going to let him just slip out the door for me and walk away. In the 29 games played, he still was the 28th best player in fantasy. That's freaking phenomenal. And he's slipped. And if he stays healthy, he's an absolute gun. Maddie, who's your second inside the 50, mate? Uh, Cade Cunningham. And I think it's very, ex- actually, extremely similar to uh, to the Carl Anthony Towns one. I took him at yeah. 20 last year in drafts. Um, yeah. And look, he played 12 games. Absolutely ruined my whole year. I ended up with him in a lot of comps. And yes, he ruined my year. But I'm not going to let that ruin what I know. And I know Cade Cunningham's a fantastic basketball player. He's fantastic size. He's 21 years old. He plays for a team that needs him to do absolutely everything. In those 12 games he played, he still dropped 20, still got six assists, still got six rebounds. He's that sort of guy that you just need. And drafting him at 43, if he is the 20th best player, um, you're going to be in good stead for finishing. Oh my God, it's so juicy. You could end up with yeah, you could end up with Carl Anthony Towns and Cade Cunningham. Call it risky, but tell me that's not just the best platform for winning your leagues. Like if I'm pick four, if I'm if I'm, I'm thinking about this right now, like just try and plan it out because I've tried to get Cade. I've picked him up a couple of times. He is starting to go in the top 24 occasionally. It depends. I think just it's a bit of fever hype right now because it's the only thing we're talking about is just being FIBA. So there's been a focus on Team USA and and the guys who they played against early on. So there was a little bit of a Cade talk around. It's tapering maybe after that camp and after FIBA a little bit and whole like how it's shaping out. I think it's he'll come back a little bit, especially if the, the Pistons don't play him all that much during the, uh, the preseason. But I like him. I, look, I took him last year. I was the first pick. I took him at the turn at 25. That killed me. I had to salvage my season. I've said it before. I absolutely love him like you do, mate. Like I know he cooked you last year, but we want good things. And we don't draft off guys getting hurt in this ether of like, oh, they could get hurt again. Well, he's not. He's healthy. He's going into camp. And if you can get him in the late 20s, early 30s, this is a top 20 guy, like a top 15 guy potentially. Like I'm like – I. I yeah. 
I agree with you, but then also I wonder if some of the value puff is coming out drafting him. Yeah, value puff. In, yeah. in that in that twenty five to thirty, like yeah. I'm going to take a guy that I think can be the maybe the fifteenth best player with uh, yeah. with something like yeah. that. Like yeah. yeah, I just think if he's in your mid thirties, what have you got to lose? Oh, nothing at all. Look again, and this is a the value of him is down, but he's slipping. So you kind of hope that that slippery slope with old mate Cade continues on a little bit. Just because I've seen this continuing um, with the next guy that I'll bring up as my second one inside fifty, and a lot of punters out there at NBA fantasy land, this is how they no feel. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Step into the office of Mr. Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> oh. He has slipped because of all the uncertainty, but for all accounts and purposes, he's healthy this season. Like He's going into camp healthy. And this is something that he hasn't been for a while. Now, whether he rests and the back-to-backs play into it, they've got a favorable schedule with those back-to-backs, one would argue. If 65 games is the minimum requirement for awards and accolades, I'm pretty sure Kawhi is the kind of guy, he's not ego-driven like LeBron to make these teams, but you'd be... You'd be foolish to think that they don't pay attention at a point and that a guy who was rated as one of the best players, like what, two, three seasons ago, Matty? Wasn't everyone said he's the best player in NBA fantasy, the best player in basketball? Him and KD, number one, two with a bullet? Him and Luca? Like he got the um he got the finals MVP. Like he is a guy that can get you a championship run. But that was the last time he played over 60 games. Like in the last five years, he hasn't played over 60 games, and that's the yeah. concern. But if you're in one of those deeper leagues that have an IR spot, like, yeah. you know what? They're going to come Look out with out. a bogey. Yeah, like they're going to come out with an absolute bogey injury every time because they <laughs> won't want to get fined. It's like, oh, yeah, Kawhi hurt his fingernail cutting his toenails, believe it or not. Um, they're on yeah, other, he they're broke on other his, limbs. His, he, got, he was tying his shoelaces and got a blood blister. We can't help that. That's We, we, we don't know what we're doing. Oh, he, yeah, he slipped so then, over in the bathroom. Yeah, so then you move him to your IR, you get another spot for that game because on a points per minute, um, yeah, he's great. He's so good. Six six yeah. and a half rebounds, four assists, 24 points a game last year in probably – well, that was his worst year in a couple as well. So that And he was 17th player. 30 spot. Yep. He, he was, and, and this is the current guy whose current ADPs on ESPN is 39, 27 on Yahoo, and Fantrax is 39 as well. So this yep. is a guy – and when we talk about these, Matty, and, and I had a conversation with our mate Skitty from Insight NBA earlier today, a lot of value and a guy that didn't make the list in the next section because Kawhi brings us to the next one is like these guys that when they start to slip, and this is what you could, I call it, I call it the hook. I see if you, you can tell your, your rookies and your young guys about taking the bait in your draft because guys sit there. And because Kawhi will move up, if you look on one of your mock drafts, you'll notice that he's highly rated because he's Kawhi Leonard. So his rank is quite high. But people leave him on the table for a reason because of that uncertainty and that injury history. So they stay there. They stay there. They stay there. And up the top of your queue, up the top of your draft board, you start to see these names of guys who are slipping down. And at a point, it just becomes insanity not to take them. Like we did a draft the other day, Matty. What did I take? Ja Morant. 88th? Yeah. I'm okay with taking Ja, ja Moran at 88 because no one's taking him because they don't want to miss 25 games. But Kawhi is a guy who was slipping down your draft boards. And with those games last year, he was 17th. But you draft him. Like you draft him if they're in the early 30s and you ride that. And if he's healthy and playing those games, he is going to return possibly top 10 value. 
And there's where you're making up a really big value chunk. In the top, like 50, those were our main guys. 50 to 100, Matty. Who's your first cat out the rank there, mate? Mate, we could nearly just copy the same argument. We could copy the same stats um, on Zion Williamson. Um, oh. His current ADP is at, this let me is... double check, 69 giggity. Um, look, in 33 minutes a night, um, in his 29 games last year, he got 26, 7, and 4.6 assists. That's Kawhi numbers. So that's what we yeah. were saying about that. He's coming in healthy. Like, again, like what we were talking about with Cat, all this stuff that's happening at home with him. You know what? He's a million-dollar man. He can go get what he gets when he's out of town. Yeah. But realistically, <laughs> that doesn't affect basketball. That doesn't affect fantasy. If he drops five points, two rebounds, and two assists, he's still easily the 70th best player. And if promiscuity was an issue that we couldn't draft people and they could find and hand out suspensions for, Tristan Thompson wouldn't have been able to re-sign in Cleveland today. That's all I'm yeah, saying. And, yeah, and I don't know. I would I would tank that category because I love guys that do that. There you go. You, you can look for that value all the way around on Zion Williamson. <laughs> but he is he's, he could be an absolute steal in drafts. Matter you picked him up at like 79th or 80th the other day. Like you picked him up yep. really late. And that so, was, you said, one of the best drafts you'd done. So every one of my drafts, I'm actually taking note So um, of where Zion goes. I've actually stopped taking him because I'm doing mock drafts. I'm not going to be taking him. So I took him 79th. He went 72 in another one. He went 68 okay. in another draft I was doing. I'm starting to think that I will take him in that sort of early 60s because I want to make sure that I get him. Because in very early mock drafts, I was taking him 40th. I was taking him 50th. You jumped high. I remember that. You jumped high. Yeah, and I still think that's good value. I think this guy could be a top 15 guy. Look, when he's when he's peak Zion, there's no arguments that he is a top 30 player. We're just yet to see it over a sustained period of time. And when that comes in, and if this is the season, if this is the season, again, we, we deal in hypotheticals, but we have no reason to think at this point that Zion Williamson won't be healthy until some shit goes sideways. So at this yep. point in time, if you don't factor in the history, here is a guy who was a top 20 player, arguably, who's going in 70s in your draft. And that's someone you absolutely take. My one is not as spicy because that I love that because that's the guy who's definitely slipped. But just a little just a little bit of the run on centers and shot blockers is starting to have a little bit of undervaluing on some certain guys. And one guy that I've picked up that I'm starting to see slipping in drafts in an ADP value is Jacob or Jacob or Jacob to your mates, but Jacob Pertle, Jacob, <laughs> Jacob, your mate Jacob. Well, Jacob Pertle currently has an ADP on ESPN of 92. So he's really not getting valued appropriately around there. Yahoo's 85. Again, maybe fan tracks people know more than every other punter in NBA land because he's 76 there. This is a guy that if you're punting free throws, he is an absolute massive asset. Last year, because he's in those draft ranges, he finished the year after the trade deadline when he came across as the 69th pick, 26 games played in Toronto in a new team. He started to be a focal point. He's a valuable player, and he is an absolute weapon when it comes to loading up your field goal percentage, your block shots, and your stocks, though. He gets you 2.5 stocks a game, 1.2 steals, 1.3 blocks, 9 rebounds, 13 points, and 650 from the field. Now, that is a guy that if you are tanking field goal percentage, 
he is one who sh- shoots up like your radar massively. So if I was to take free throw percentage um, and find Jakob Pertl, um, I'll go by names on fantasy scores. I'll run the exercise for us. Here we go. Um, he goes on their website. Where is he? Here he goes. He goes from the 67th ranked player to the 46th ranked player based on Z scores. That's a 21 spot jump. If you were tanking free throw percentage, Maddie, you want to get a yucca purple in your team, yeah? Free throw percentage might be the easiest one to tank in in yeah. drafts, to be honest. It's just so yeah. clear cut. Like you get generally the guys that are good at free throw percentage are that are bad in other categories, but you can easily just pigeon your hold to that, cop your free throw percentage, and just get a really good player. That people that are trying to, I suppose, save that free throw percentage. Again, a perfect yeah. pair. Somebody like the Aaron Fox, followed up by Jakob Pertl. How good would that be? You'd be super happy with your draft. I'd be happy with mine. Oh, 100%. And especially then if Jakob moves into the 46th rank value and you're getting him anywhere near those ADPs. Like if he's slipping down... Um, in your ADP value and you're getting him at 85 exactly where he is right now in Yahoo, that's almost four rounds of value you are returning. And those are the kind of big plays that can help you to win your NBA fantasy draft or win your league basically. Because if you can win your draft and you guys stay healthy and you play it right throughout the year, it can lead to league wins. Um, I love your next one as well. I love your next I'm, one when I score it. I'm going to make people wait for the next one. I'm just going to give, I suppose, that little shout-out to the Standard Squeeze, helping you oh. drink responsibly and conveniently. Um, you can buy yourself a four-in-one. Um, G is drinking his rosé out of it as we speak. Um, it keeps How did you know it was rosé? And your rosés <laughs> cold. Um, or you can cop a little combo pack here. Um I, I personally like the small ones. Um, yeah. I am awful on the spirits. Ask my wife. But realistically, um, it just does a perfect spot into a little 30 mil nip. They've now got your double nips as well. Um, but it saves you having to take glass bottles away. You can freeze them. You can put them in the freezer. They've got food grade quality plastic to avoid breakage. And if you use the code INSIGHT15 for 15% off anything in store at thestandardsqueeze.com, yeah, get your loved ones a gift. Yeah, Father's Day just went out and your dad hates you a little bit more because you didn't get one. Let's just say that. (laughs) He's a little bit – people are – many fathers in this world are disappointed that they did not get a Standard Squeeze product for their Father's Day. So make it up to dad and get him one early for Christmas and make sure you use the promo code INSIGHT15. Uh, I know you want to make people wait. I like yours probably more than I like mine because mine is the least sexy pick. Mine is like if you had two pop stars and I was to offer you one Dua Lipa and anyone else, you'd probably just go Dua Lipa or Taylor Swift because no one else is on that level. And that's the same way as one Chris Middleton. He looks a little bit like a donkey from Shrek, but he plays a lot like an absolute NBA all-star. And his current ADP value, now they've moved in, and this is good to see, but I actually don't think it's in enough. So in the last 30 days of last year, after he'd returned from his injury, he was the 79th player. And this was a guy who was like tapered off. I drafted him late, picking him up, knowing that there was an injury to him. And it was supposed to be maybe six weeks, tops, four weeks to six weeks. That was it. That didn't really shake out. So he didn't really have the season. And if you were to do an exercise, check out this on hashtag basketball. Go and look at their season rankings overall. 
And then look at after the trade deadline and then look at the last 30 days and look at the last 14 days. And you'll see progress on Chris Middleton the entire time. The last 30 days is a good sample size because he was the 79th ranked player in that time. And that's about fitting where his current ADP is. On ESPN, he's 77. Yahoo is 87. Fantrax is 70. Apparently, again, they know more than all of us. Uh, this is a guy, though, if you look at him as consistent, there's a he's about as safe as houses. In fact, I'm going to start calling him Houses Middleton because he's in 2021, he was 37th. And Houses in 21-22 was 32nd. Milwaukee is the least fashionable team in the NBA. They don't change much. They're, they're also is pretty much safe as houses. They have Giannis, they have Middleton, they have Drew Holiday, they have Brock Lopez, and that's their team. And they fill it in with a whole bunch of other blokes. Maddie, would you agree to that? Yeah, I agree with you. And the again, much like most of the guys on this, you're actually just banking on his health. And we've had nothing to lead to the fact that he's still injured. It was a longer off-season than usual for Milwaukee. And I think that Chris Middleton is a guy that everybody was okay with just two years ago taking him top 40. Um, and last and, and last year, people took him injured top 50. So why just wouldn't you have a punt if you see him in the 80s? Like This is a guy we're picking up in drafts. Like I do like he's going in the eighties, like frequently eighties, nineties. But if he's there, I don't think his role changes. And he does like his shots per game have been consistent. Those those high years, it was about 15.5, 15.8. And he made his way back last year basically to 14 shots. So he came back almost into his same role. He shoots at an outstanding free throw percentage. If you're someone who wants to value free throw percentages, he gets to the line about three and a half to four and a half times a game over the last three seasons. It hits them at no less than 880%. That's huge. He hits you a couple threes a game. He scores you between 18 to 20 points a game. He gets you rebounds. He gets you assists. He chucks in a steal every now and then. Last year was his like his not steal year. He'd get in you a one every game before then. But this is a guy, aging or not, that's just healthy in a proven Milwaukee system that gets him looks where he is at times that pretty much the second option, like it's Giannis's team, but sometimes it's Middleton feasting on the side. Sometimes it's true holiday. Sometimes last year where shit's gone sideways in the team, Brocky boy ends up becoming like the biggest stud in fantasy basketball. And I don't think that's going to happen this year. People are looking to take him high, obviously because what he does but I think we could probably – we're probably more likely, Maddie. This is probably my takeaway from this. We are probably more likely to see a usual everyday 2021-2022 Brook Lopez season, and we're more likely to see that exact same thing, which is a better season for Chris Middleton. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Yeah. Hot, 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 hot. If you were to tell me at the end of this season that Chris Middleton is ranked higher than Lopez, I'd believe it 100%. I agree with you. Um, I think that uh, Lopez might drop off due to Chris Middleton coming back. So that's great news for punters. 100%. Well, here's your last one in that 50 to 100 zone, mate. Mate, what if I told you that you could get a 25-year-old borderline all-star uh, that's just went to a team that wanted him, that's earning millions and millions of dollars, probably like $30 million a year, and you could get him actually outside of the top 100? 
you can get John Collins. This is a this is a borderline guy from outside the top 100 to the 50 to 100 zone, isn't it? John yeah. Collins yeah. has no one likes. Does anyone like John Collins anymore? Do we need to do an Are You Okay Day on John Collins just because no one like? I, I, yeah, tell me more about it, Maddie. Mate, the the Atlanta coach tried to turn him into a stretch four. Yeah. That's not who he is. He's a guy that strove from from getting blocks every year, from ducking in, from um, from just having an extremely high field goal percentage. You know, a, just a couple of years ago, he finished the year on fifty eight percent field goal percentage. That's phenomenal. It's also phenomenal for a guy that you can get outside the top 100 at the moment. He shoots 80% free throw percentage. Doesn't kill you there. Um, He had a stinker last year in three-point field goal percentage, probably due to the fact that he took so many more than he's used to. He used to just be a double-double machine. In 2019, half of the year, over half of his games, he got a double-double. I think Utah will allow him to be closer to the rim to play that sort of hybrid center power forward. They're not going to turn him into a stretch four. They've got plenty of other shooters around. I think that they have got John Collins and they have a plan for him to just let John Collins be John Collins. And he could have a better year than Walker Kessler. Yeah, you're really high on that one. That's That warrants definitely one of these ones. Because there are so many people high on what Walker Kessler brings to the table but way of beating Rudy Gobert 2.0 on that team and his shot-blocking ability and his high field goal percentage that they don't look at the whole package sometimes. And that doesn't – I'm not disputing Walker Kessler is a great asset in fantasy basketball, especially if you, like, punt right and you're looking for that. Those, like, no no shit on, on Walker at all. We love the Walker Texas Ranger. But – John Collins is starting to just be sidelined entirely. And this is a guy that just makes inside of our 50 to 100 list because his ADP is in the 90s right now. But still, this is a guy who could return you top 80, top 70 value. I don't know his ceiling this year yet. We really need to see it play out on the floor to make a good call on it. But he is starting to slip consistently in drafts. Slight bits of adjustments happening, sure. But he's off the board. One guy who has not been adjusted really for yet because he's going undrafted. And this will be our first guy in our outside the top 100 blokes. Canadian superstar, Dylan Brooks. Now, look, I'm I'm not happy saying this. I'm not a proud man when it comes to saying this in NBA fantasy land. But I'm going to do a bit of an exercise with you. And I've got to do it as an exercise because, again, this comes back to how you build your team. So if anything, when we look at this and we put the you know analyst hats on and we're trying to make good decisions and tell you what to do, let's just say, for example, that you are the Houston Rockets and you paid a guy a shit ton of money to come to your team and you want to give them the opportunity. And one of your young stars who was still on the team by the name of Kevin Porter Jr., just did something very naughty with his partner that he shouldn't have done in New York City. All of a sudden, there's suspensions handing out. Houston's in a bit of a spot. Now, I'm not capitalizing on this. To be fair, you and I, we were talking about Dylan. This is Dylan Brooks was the whole catalyst. Dylan Brooks and Dennis Schroeder were the whole catalyst for this argument. Like, this is true, isn't it, Matt? I mean, 
As a, as a Memphis fan, I've actually been taking Dylan Brooks with the last pick in a lot of drafts. If it gets to the stage that I can't deal with his field goal percentage with the last pick in the draft, I can just drop him. But I think if you're taking some of these guys a little bit earlier that allows you to tank those field goal percentage, he just got $90 million for three years. He is not a bad basketball player. He just beat Team USA. Like, I tell you what, give him a little spoonful of maple syrup before every game, and this guy will become Canadian Dylan Brooks and just get buckets. And that's the thing. Like, you are kind of looking at that, like, tank field goal percentage. Like, you really are. Like, if you're looking at taking – you have to tank the field goal percentage. And as an exercise, we have been, Maddie. you and I have both been alarmed – by the amount of because when you're drafting a mock draft, even if you're drafting it, you're still trying to put together your punt builds. So you're there planning around like, oh, I'm going to punt turnovers and field goal percentage and no, I might punt steals or I might punt threes. Or let's say you're punting rebounds and field goal percentage, maybe. I don't know what your thing is, but just say you're punting turnovers and you're punting field goal percentage and you're going to punt. If you're punting field goal percentage, you're probably punting rebounds a little bit as well because if you've got a higher field goal percentage, you're probably getting those guys closer to the rim. So as an exercise, I jumped on fantasy scores. I know this is sounding like shameless plugs galore, but I'm just doing it as a simple exercise to find the value of these players. And I looked at Dylan Brooks because last year, looking at Dylan's numbers, I brought him up here. Where we go. What was Dylan? Dylan last year was ranked 229. So that doesn't sound very good. The year before that, 21-22, he was ranked 125. So a guy like this could easily be out the door. ESPN ADP right now is 137, 147 on Yahoo, and 158 on Fantrax. Maybe they're the real ones who know everything because he's not even being drafted there at all inside the top 144. In Yahoo, he's not. Or he's still on the board. But again, I did the exercise and I punted those field goal percentages. All of a sudden, Dylan Brooks jumps from 147 on fantasy scores, just as a normal bloke, to the 96th best player. So there is a top 100 player that is going undrafted. And if you are punting rebounds and field goal percentage and turnovers in your league, that is a top 100 player that you can pick up in the last round, like you said, and return heaps of value, like straight off the bat, Matty. To be be fair, he's not a top 100 player, but he's a top 100 player to you if you play your cards right. Yes. Yes. So again, if you're not – punting field goal percentage, then probably don't pick him up or maybe just pick him up and see if whatever's happening in Houston makes the man more efficient. Maybe he just sees Fred Van Vliet miss so many shots and be like, maybe I'm going to make a couple. Who knows and what's he was, going to happen, but the opportunity's yeah. there. And he was a sub 400 shooter last year. It was his worst field goal percentage ever. So expect, I possibly would say a, a, a bounce back this year. Not that he has ever had a higher one when he shoots like 41.6% from the floor. But again, this is a guy who's going undrafted in mock drafts with guys like you and me, Maddie, or punters out there who are trying to put together their best team. So if I'm trying to do a mock draft and I'm trying to punt field goal percentage, that's a guy that I want to look at. It's either that or everyone's playing shell games, being like, oh, I don't want anyone to know that I'm drafting Dylan Brooks in the last round. But again, if you can get him in the 140s with your last round and you're punting field goal percentage, again, not a top 100 fantasy player, but he becomes a top 100 fantasy fantasy player the second that you punt field goal percentage, turnovers, and let's say like rebounds. 
hundred percent. Mate, I know that you just finished doing the New York Knicks podcast, but he one is. guy I, I'm extremely high on is Josh Hart. And yep. the main excitement is not only is he getting drafted at 139, and I've been taking him in around that 120 range because yeah, have. I don't see anybody else that I want in that range. Like I find myself taking yep. your Mike Conley's and and people like that when I get into that range. Like, and maybe it's not the sexiest pick, but he is a shooting guard that gets what seven rebounds a game. Like yep. the guy is seven point three. There you go. Like, yes, yep. he doesn't score a lot of points. Yes, it's not a sexy pick, but it's just a guy that you can get and know what you're going to get. And uh, yep. at one hundred and thirty nine, like. What have you got to lose in getting Josh Hart? He got paid. He's a good basketball player. Let's just get him in our lineup, see what happens. He doesn't shoot you in the foot with efficiency like a lot of these guys you're getting in that 120 range. Um, Josh Hart is a guy I've got my eyes on, and I think I'll end up owning him in a lot of drafts where I've got him on my board. See, what you give up by way of Josh Hart, and I just did the – like I, I look at him as a like not punting points guy, but I look at him to be like if you've gone real – and you've managed to accrue a lot of points early on your draft, he's a guy who's a nice little – like you know that whole thing like you know the little on top, you know, just put that little, that little snippy snap on top. Josh Hart's that guy because he doesn't hurt you anywhere. Like he's one of the most dependable lads. Like his rebounding is exceptional. He doesn't re- – I mean, points is the only thing that he's a bit of a deficit, and he's three. So I'd like to see him shoot some more from the outside. Matty, uh, blocks, he doesn't really get you that. But, again, he's a shooting guard. Yeah. But he makes up for that. Like, he moves up the board for me. But the rebounds, the steals, like – and he doesn't hurt your field goal percentage. In fact, he can buoy it a little bit. And he doesn't hurt your free throw percentage. And he does that jack-of-all-trades shit. Like, that's a good player to have. We've talked so much about puntings. And if you did punt yep. – points and three-pointers made. He is the 58th-ranked player. Yeah, I'm going to bring that up too. Yeah, he's going to shoot up. And you probably punt turnovers with him too. Not that he gets you any, so it doesn't really move into – Yeah, you you're, want not, to look you're not even punting, punting turnovers because shooting guards no. usually get more turnovers than he gets anyway. So it's just in that point, three-point yeah. made, which I actually oh, find the hardest because I do, I do find those guys shooting – uh, that's with fantasy uh, projected scores. Sorry for the for the yeah. upcoming year. Um, I do find that that is the hardest punt build because quite yeah. often the guys shooting the basketball are the guys that are going to end up picking up you know your rebounding stats and your assist stats and everything. Yeah. But if you are punting those categories, Josh Hart can be a fantastic player. And actually, with those categories, he's the second best player on the Knicks team. So. Hundred percent, and like you just said, he goes up to the 69th rank value if you're punting those categories. And he's a guy who's going in the 120s, like 120s, 110s. So all of a sudden, he skips up 40 positions for you, and you can get him around that position again. This is value, like so. Again, you're looking for your draft. So start to like we're a month out from the season. Really start to look at what builds you want to play with if you're out there and you haven't really had a good think about it yet. What do you want to punt? Do you want to punt anything? If you know if you're not really punting anything. Again, Josh Hart is a really nice guy to just sprinkle on top and get some return from. Uh, my last one in this uh, whole exercise is one Mr. Zach Collins, who is not draft. In fact, in ESPN rankings, when it goes out, it just decides to say, fuck it. It decides to go to hit the pub. ESPN hits the bar early and says, everybody outside, this is 140. 
So he's 140 plus. Like he's not being basically drafted in ESPN mocks. Yahoo is 138. Fantrax, again, must know something else because he's 120th. So last year after the deadline, Zach Collins was the 36th ranked player. Now, obviously, there's a new Frenchie in town. It's not Tony Parker. But this is relative to the whole season. This is a guy who's come in and plays his role in that organization very, very well. So this is a guy who shows you upside. And God knows, if anything happens to Victor Wenbanyama and his body is not fully NBA ready, we just saw it happen with Chet Holgren the year before. So there is like... I have a small fraction of doubt about Victor Wenbanyama's health and he's shut down. I, I do have a small, that in the back of my mind. I'm not feeding it too much because he's the generational talent that he is. But Zach Collins still will be the starting center of the San Antonio Spurs. And he is, when healthy, has played a significant role in this team. He can space the floor. He can do everything. His field goal percentage is around 500. He doesn't hurt your free throws. He gets you a steal. He gets you a block. He gets you 3.8 assists a game last year in that window. And he got you eight rebounds a game. There is nothing not to like about the game of Zach Collins. And I have seen a couple of drafts where he has gone undrafted up to 144. So he is definitely a guy who's slipped out, who I can think returned top 110 value at the end of the season, healthy and playing as the center alongside Victor Wembanyama. So just a very much a guy to keep your eye on, but also a definite grab now if he's on the waiver wire and something happens to Victor in San Antonio and they really need some more height and rebounds. Like that's the guy, like you think, oh, who's going to benefit the most? Like it's going to be your guys like, yeah, Keldon Johnson and Devin Bissell from last year and your Trey Jones, that young core. But it's also going to be Zach Collins in a very significant way there, Maddie. Wow. I think Zach Collins is better when Victor Wembanyama is going to be on the court. To be honest, oh, hundred percent. I think, yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a shit show if uh, Wemby goes down, and we're going to see exactly what we happened last year. But I hope Wemby goes all right because uh, now that they have waived Cameron Payne, tell yep. me there's not a clearer path for Trey Jones. There's not a clearer path for Trey Jones, Matthew. There's not. Excellent. And I tell you what, as a Memphis fan, I just love the whole Jones family. Um, Dakota, the sister, um, Trey Jones, Tyus Jones. I tell you what, there is a, I don't Mac actually Jones, love the, I love Mac Jones, the quarterback over in New England. He's great too. All of them. I, I don't actually. I, uh, I told my kid if he kept misbehaving that I was going to buy him a Mac Jones jersey yesterday, to be honest. Um, that's, that's actually a true story. But Trey Jones is a guy that I can see a lot of upside in at 110. His yeah. brother, his brother Tyus, I've actually seen a lot of puff come out of it. Like I was taking him in that 90th, 100th range. But now that his ADP has come into 80, I have started to look for a little bit of value elsewhere. And I think Trey Jones is where I'm going to find it. He was in and around that 100 best player last year. He's getting drafted at 110 in Yahoo at the moment. And his team only got better. And his role only got better. I just think Trey Jones is a real no-brainer. And you can't take everybody in and around that 100. Like, obviously, something's got to give. But assists are hard to find late. And I'm going to be looking for him in Trey Jones. I liked him last year. There was a bit of a point guard timeshare happening in San Antonio last year, Matty. Um, I liked the look of Trey Jones going into the draft. And I think now, more than ever before, 
this is the pathway for him. Like this is the year, like we, we talk about this a little bit, like the guys who are going to have the year that we thought they were going to have the year after they have, they don't have the year. I think Trey Jones is a prime candidate for that on this team. He's got the reins there in San Antonio at this point in time. Like they've done nothing else about it. And Pops really just start like they've lent into this whole youth angle now and it's on and, and you're bang on the money, man. Like I just, I love Trey Jones and where he's going. The funny thing is you can see him slipping even more. I can actually see him slipping more. It's more the panic button punters because he's moved in a little bit already. It's the panic button punters who are filtering in their draft by shit. I need another guard. I need another point guard. I need more assists. And they default searching by point guard and they default searching by assists. And the guy around there that's left over is Trey. And so you just, oh, like, shit, I need that guy. And you're taking him. That's pretty much where it is. But you've liked him for a while and he's going to return. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on, mate. He's got absolute big pathway this year. I, I actually think there's not going to be too many drafts when people take him before me, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think you bang on. Uh, we mentioned the honorable mentions uh, category of this, like guys that we've liked. And, and let's be honest, we had we had prepped for this. It doesn't seem like we prepare sometimes. We actually do a lot of research <laughs> in advance of these things. One of the guys Pick that we liked. Okay. We occasionally do some. <laughs> we, 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 there's a lot of group chats involved with this one. And it's funny because like one of the ones that we talked about was Clay Thompson. Like We think there's some guys who just do not get picked at a point. And Clay Thompson has now found his way. Like I've, I did a draft the other day with Matt from Banner Z Scores and Mick Dell. I did one with Kingy last week. I did one with you. And there were some guys that were just not there. And I'm like, it's 110. Why the fuck is Clay Thompson still on this board? I've got to take Clay. Like I'm just at this point in time, it's stupid that the guys slipped this much. But he's now rounded into value in the 80s. Matt, you see him about there at the end of the day. Like he's starting to come down in value. So the 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 bargain basement Clay Thompson's off. Yeah. I I think I'm gonna keep him in my draft board in and around that 97. And then yep. if I know that's very specific, um, but just inside that <laughs> it's top a very specific number. Um the only real category he lets you down in is your um, is steals. He's only got 0.5 steals a game. He's actually only got more steals than Steph, I think, twice in his career. Apart from that, what have you got to lose? He's like a good Cam Johnson that you can take 40 spots later. Like, yeah. I just, yeah, again, the worry is the injury. But we've had a really good offseason where he yep. didn't play for Team USA like he has before. He has just been, I'm presuming he's been rehabbing or just getting himself into game fitness. The Warriors are going to want to make a run. Maybe he gets rested sometimes. But in and around that late 90s, and we have been in actual drafts where he's gone yep. in the hundreds, I just think you've got to take him. Like, just don't not take him for whatever reason. He was taking the 60th. He was average taking the 60th pick last time he was healthy. 100%. What's changed? Yep. He's he's older. That's it. He's His game isn't sort of conducive to him being really fast, him being, no. you know, youth being any sort of advantage. Get no. Clay Thompson. He's Clay Thompson. He does Clay Thompson things. He just does Clay, he just does Clay Thompson things. That's all he does. Like, he's not going to be the defensive, like, you know, two and D like we say three and D a little bit. He's not like that guy anymore. Like he doesn't have that explosiveness on the defense that he had, but he's still putting up buckets at great percentages. And this is an organization again, much like Chris Middleton, Matty. 
the Warriors aren't that sexy anymore because we've seen it. They're just a good organization and they play good basketball. Like we they always get, talked about Warriors ball. Yeah, go on. They're going to be a top five team and they have yep. six fantasy relevant players. Tell me there's not points for Clay Thompson. There's points for Clay Thompson. And this is where he's moved into value a little bit. There's another guy who's, I don't know what he's, I don't know what he's doing. And we, we, we decided to drop him off our list because we just don't know how fantasy relevant he's going to be entirely. But he's definitely a stream target if we can get back to OKC Schroeder. Even in spurts at time, Los Angeles, Dennis Schroeder, he's just put on a bit of a show at the World Cup as well, like showing that he is quite capable against the best players in the world. He was an he just led Germany to a world championship. Let's not fuck about with how impactful that could be in a transitional side in the Toronto Raptors. I don't know how it shakes out yet. I'm definitely got my eyes on him in the preseason. And if he can be an efficient Dennis Schroeder and work in well with guys like Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Yucca Pertle, that's actually not a bad sounding team. Like that's a pretty decent looking Toronto outfit and he, and he's got his moments. So that was another one, but Maddie, I'll let you do one of the big ones that you just think is now getting beyond the joke. Uh, he was at the bottom of our list, the honorable mention who is probably the, one of the biggest honorable mentions right now in, um, in fantasy land who's slipped outside the top 100. Um, I think Yusuf Nurkic, um, realistically, when we're talking about blokes like Jakob Pertl, like Yus- Yusuf Nurkic was a top 40 guy when healthy. Um, I'm not actually that worried about missing out on an early center because I found myself in some mocks getting blokes like Steven yeah. Adams. Again, you need to pump your free throw percentage. Um, I think him being back is going to affect Jaron Jackson Jr. But Yusuf Nurkic, like what's changed for Portland? Like his game doesn't really change with the players around him changing. I think he's going to be good as long as he's healthy. And if he's not, 110 is a willing risk for me. The only other guy that we've seen slip still, and he's continued, he's moved around a little bit, is Ben Simmons. We're really curious to see how Brooklyn rolls out with Ben Simmons. We were both talking the other day that we saw him go in 130 the other day. Like we were in a draft and he was like, I think 131, 132. And we're like, that's that's a lot. Like that's that's past the point of just willing to give it up and have a go. So I guess our best advice, Matty, the absolute takeaways from today. In your draft, don't sort by rank. Because if you're sorting by rank, you're going to get a whole bunch of guys who are up the top there for whatever reasons, whether they're out for injury. Like Ja Morant will skip up in some because people rate him really, really highly, but he's obviously out for his suspension games. But do keep your eye on those guys as well. Don't sort by that, but just know where they are. Throw them over deep in your queue and see where you're willing to take the risk versus reward. The other part for me, Matt, would you agree is that be willing to take chances on your punt build on those guys that are slipping because although they are slipping for everyone else in your league, if they're not sharing the same strategy as that you have to win your league, there is an opportunity window for you to get guys who have slipped and they'll just fall into your lap. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think one thing that I want to take away is if you're going to be a really big punter, like, yeah. sorry, not punt builds, like just punt with players. Don't get extremely spicy maybe with your first three picks. Get yeah. spicy. Like you can win the comp by getting blokes that we spoke about, like Zion, which might have top 15 p- potential, you know, 
John Collins, which might have top 50 potential. Uh, Dylan Brooks, which might be the 110th best player that you take with the last pick. Josh Hart, which might be the 110th best player that you might take with the last pick. Like maybe just go safe for a couple picks and then just and then start getting spicy with it because I think burning a 10th round pick isn't going to burn you that bad. If they get injured, if you're taking an injury risk player with high upside, I think you're going to hit the mark more than you miss it. Yeah, 100%. And again, don't be afraid to cut and run. Like, just don't be afraid to cut and run. The second that something goes sideways, don't hold yourself to it. It works a really really fine line. I invested heavily like a late 70th, early 80th pick last year in Jalen Williams in OKC. And I held him through those ups and downs, facial fractures and whatever just because I saw it and I was willing at a point to cut. And then just as I was about to like pull the pin and drop him or trade him away uh, for, you know, cents on the dollar, he got me a massive, massive return. And then I used him as a massive trade chip in, in one league and I kept him in all my others. I think other guys though, Maddie, we're seeing when we're talking about these guys who have slipped in your last round, have a list of guys, especially rookies with upside who are possibly going to have a role and who you want to keep your eye on for the season as well. So if you miss a guy and he doesn't get drafted, I guess the other thing with the guys who slip out of the draft is know where they are. Like one guy who I'm getting consistently now in the last round is a Sewer Thompson. And the last 48 hours, I'm starting to read more, that there's actually now a window that he could start in Detroit. And Bogdanovich could be off the team, on the bench, using as a six man as a trade chip because they want to keep him healthy for a trade because teams value him. And straight away, my value is going to be returned. We don't know if that's going to happen yet. So at tip off or preseason, Manny, but those are the other guys who are going to slip off the list that you want to pay really close attention to. Yeah, exactly. And when you watch the first week of games, don't watch the Lakers. Don't watch the Warriors. Because there's no. not going to be any targets. It's the it's the years that I've watched the Grizzlies and then realized this Desmond Bain kid was good and got him outside yeah. the top 200 in, in a 200-man league. It's the years that I've watched players like from Detroit. And I'm like, there's this guy that I haven't even heard of and I'm going to pick him up. Um, yeah, just think of that in the first week. And um, yeah, I think that just about wraps us up. Absolutely does. Thank you so much for joining me, Matty. Uh, this is... SC underscore Matrix on Twitter. I am at NBAGWiz. We are at Insight F Sports, and you can win yourself an NBA jersey, a personalized NBA jersey of your favorite team, just by putting your name in the comments under this video. Just type your name. Don't even know what don't even know what team you like yet. Also, don't need to know your size. We'll get there if you're the winner. Put your name in the comments. Give us five stars. Subscribe because we're going to give away a personalized NBA jersey. To one lucky viewer, one lucky listener who subscribes to our YouTube channel and puts their name in when we hit 100 subs. Hit the bell, get the like, share it with your friends, get your kids to do it, get anyone to do it. We love you. We love the NBA. We love fantasy basketball. We are inside NBA. Cheerio.